Well, hey, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I'm so excited today. We're going to talk about this big idea with everything going on, with all of the things that you and I are facing and our nation is facing, that the world is facing right now. I think what we need uh, in the midst of all of that is we need a little bit of hope because in moments like this, it can feel like hope is running out. And so today I want to talk to you about this idea of the clarity of hope. And that's an interesting topic in and of itself because when we talk about hope, we often don't talk about hope from uh, a mindset of clarity. We often talk about hope from a mindset of, uh, I wish this would happen, um, if only this would happen. But uh, actual hope, real hope, biblical hope, actually uh, has clarity involved with it. With hope, you need three specific things, as Chan Hellman says in his book, Hope Rising. Uh, You need to have a fixed target, a goal. This is what we're going towards. You need to have way power and you need to have willpower. You need to have a fixed target. You need to have way power, the, um, the ability to say, this is the way that we're going. This is the map we're going on. And then you also need to have the willpower to be able to do it. And so that's what we want to do is get into that today, get into the idea of how do we find clarity for our minds to be able to keep going at a time like this. Before we go into that though, I want us to uh, read a passage of scripture together that's going to frame our time. And then after that, let's pray uh, for God to really open our hearts, our minds, our ears to receive what he has for us um, in the process. So Philippians chapter two is where we're going to be right now. Philippians chapter two, it says this in verse three, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature, God. Let's just pause there. Being in very nature, God. Jesus, the God man, what does it say about him? I love this. He did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And on the other side of that, God exalted him to the highest place. And now Jesus is the name that is above every other name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess and declare that he is Lord. Well, today what we want to do is talk about a mindset of hope and finding clarity for us in the hope. But before we do that, let's pray together. So Father, I ask that you would Uh, open our hearts to receive from you. I ask that you would give us comfort at this time. I ask that you would challenge us in new ways today. That you would, um, in the places where our hearts need comforting, that you would comfort us. And in the places where our hearts need to be disturbed, that you would uh, disturb our hearts with your goodness and with your truth. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. I don't know about you, but for me, over the past uh, couple of weeks, 
I've just had something happen on the inside, uh, and I started noticing it was kind of a little by little, is I started to get tired. Is anybody else feeling a little bit overwhelmed, a little bit uh, exhausted, a little bit of what do we do in this present moment where it seems like everything is changing in our world, and it feels like there's not necessarily a blueprint for how to get to the other side. It seems like every person on social media has an answer as to uh, the way that you can move forward in this present moment. It seems like there's, uh, this is the pathway that you should take, but there's not necessarily one unifying voice. And at the same time, 50 states have had rallies, have had protests within them. This is an unparalleled experience at this moment in time for our nation. That there is a moment when people are coming together in a very different way than people have. And at the same time as people come together, there are so many different opinions and so much conflict going on under it. And so for some of my friends who are... um, you know, just getting some of the news over the past few weeks and checking on them. Some of my black friends have told me, I am exhausted. I am overwhelmed. And now I'm seeing from white friends, exhausted and overwhelmed. And it seems kind of like from every, everybody else on the spectrum, exhausted and overwhelmed. So what do we do in our lives, like what do we do when we get exhausted, when we get overwhelmed, when we get uh, frustrated? Because at that point, what I've noticed is that a lot of us uh, go into kind of two paths. And one of the paths that we go to is that of confusion and we just continue to be disoriented in the process. You just continue to read more information and it's like you're walking around in a maze but you're not necessarily getting anywhere. That's one path, the path of confusion. And confusion doesn't create hope. Confusion just creates more confusion. But on the other side, there are people uh, who have seen so many events like what have happened recently with George Floyd and with Ahmaud Arbery and different points of racism happening in our nation that it's not confusion, it's just cynicism. It's cynicism. And when you get cynical, exhaustion really begins to set in. It's the moment in your life when you feel overwhelmed by everything around you and you're convinced that nothing will ever change. Two easy worlds to get to. One is confusion and the other is cynicism. And yet, in those two worlds, I find that Jesus consistently comes into that space. Jesus consistently comes in to either confusion or cynicism, and he loves to interrupt it. And what he does is he interrupts it with the clarity of hope. That he interrupts it with a hopeful message, with a hopeful reality, and with really his hopeful presence. That's what he did again and again in his time on earth. Where there was disease, he would step into it. Where there was conflict, he would step into it. Where there was abandonment, he would step into it. And there was always clarity of hope. There was purpose. And Jesus never in his ministry, do we ever have a moment where he says, I don't know what to do. He walked with his father and in the power of the spirit in such a way 
that what he had was clarity in hope. And he showed up as a hopeful ambassador, no matter where he was. And so I don't know where you are in this present moment, if you might position yourself and say, man, I am confused, I am overwhelmed, I am exhausted, I am tired, or I am done, I am cynical, I am over it. But what I would just say is for a few minutes, can we look and see what might be possible if we embrace the clarity of hope? Like what might actually happen in our lives if we let clarity come into play and if we started stepping forward with a heart and with a mindset of clarity in this present moment. And this is what I've noticed in my short experience here on earth is that it seems like what we normally do as a culture, especially in the social media era, is that we go from a moment that outrages us to public outrage for a short period of time. And what invariably happens is eventually the voices stop shouting and it's almost like we just move forward in life, but those emotions seep into our hearts. I don't know about you, but when I think back to a few years ago, some of those moments continue to stay with me. Moments like when I discovered the story behind Alton Sterling being killed at a gas station, selling CDs. Stories like Philando Castile. Stories that just absolutely bewilder me about what's happening in the human experience and in the human condition. And for a few moments, everybody came to the stage and everybody shouted about it. And then we kind of moved on. And now we're at a moment in life where it looks like, well, outrage has been collective now. And it's not just local, it's not just regional, it's not just national, it's even international as protests are happening internationally on some of these things. But the question under all of that is not just how do you make a flash in the pan, how do you make a statement in a moment, but how do you persist with hope? How do you become the hopeful solution to the challenges and the problem of your time? That's what we see consistently in in the life of Jesus. Always on purpose, always with clarity, always with hope, moving forward, direct, clear, and always in love. The more I see Jesus in his conflict and in the difficult situations that he went to, the more amazed and the more uh, just completely blown away I am by who he is, that he stood with those in the margins, that he stood with those who were oppressed, that he, um, as we just read about in Philippians chapter two, that he had everything. And yet he willingly, Embrace becoming nothing. He had everything. And yet he willingly embraced becoming nothing. And so I don't know how this is hitting you at this time. But what I do know is this. Is that Jesus looked at a group of people and he said, Are you overwhelmed? Actually, The verse goes like this, Matthew chapter 
11. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I wonder what might just happen if we just, instead of looking left and right and just you know, all of the opinions and everything else, which there's nothing wrong with taking in information, but what if we, instead of just taking on more information, we actually look to the person who is the savior of the world, who stood up to dark systems, who looked uh, the darkest system creator, Satan, in the face and went to a cross to uh, dethrone any type of principality, any type of evil that would ensnare us? What if we looked at Jesus and saw his way? And what if when we looked at him and saw his way, what if we actually discovered hope in the process? And I believe that's what will happen if we just come to him. And as I was looking at this, and for me personally, I'm just telling you, in my time of prayer, in my time of feeling overwhelmed about a a lot of this, I have noticed that when I go back to Jesus, when I come to Jesus with my full heart, there's a refreshment that I receive from him. There's hope that I receive from him. There's peace that I receive from him. And so if you are feeling overwhelmed right now, I want to encourage you get to Jesus. But also, if you're one of the people in the world right now who says, you know, I'm looking at all of the dark systems and everything happening, and I want to do something about it, it's time to get to Jesus. (laughs) If you want to do something, the big idea of the clarity of hope, the underscore of this is, if you want to do something, become nothing. If you want to do something, become nothing. And once again, in Philippians chapter 2, there's a thing that, that, that happens here in this writing, and it's quite shocking because it goes against everything that we're about often in this culture today. As it says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself Nothing. So he has everything and he makes himself nothing. And I think part of the tension for us, if we're really being honest about uh, the problems in the world and what's actually happening, is that we want to do something about it, but often we want to do something about it that doesn't actually cost us something personally. And what Jesus had was access to everything in the universe. And yet what he did is he emptied himself. He gave up everything that he had. He gave up everything in heaven so that he could have us. That's the message of the cross. That's the message of God. That's the message of Jesus. That's the message of love. If you want to do something, you become nothing. You know, this shirt right here, it says hope over fame. 
Well, part of the challenge right now is in our culture. It's really popular to be woke right now. It's really popular to speak up right now. But the question is, when the likes go away and when the comments go away and when everything else isn't there, are you still going to be about what's really important in life? Like, are you going to do it, not because anybody sees you, but are you going to do it because you believe in the power of God and what he can do in treating um, every person that he created with the dignity and respect that they deserve. In humility, let's read this together. In humility, value others. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. It says, in humility, value others above yourselves. In humility, value others above yourselves. And as I'm looking at the situation that we're in, I'm reminded that none who gain power want to relinquish it. None who gain power want to relinquish it. So yes, you can have opportunity as long as it doesn't encroach on my opportunity. Yes, you can have access as long as it doesn't impede my access. Yes, I will help you as long as you don't get ahead of me in the process. In humility, you value others above yourself. In humility, Do you know how hard it is to value others above yourself? Like where I put your needs above my needs, where I put your hope and your desire above what I want. I mean, I want you to succeed, but I also want me to succeed. And where success is often the metric of how you're really doing in culture, man, we might not have time for interruptions. And even more than that, we might not have time in our minds or we might not want to go into the fight of something that might possibly disrupt us for more success, more personal gain. But Jesus says, if you want to become something, embrace becoming nothing. And as long as you're trying to do something and become something, you're going to be at odds with yourself. You're just going to be at odds with yourself. You're going to be crossing back and forth on desire because it won't be a fixed point of purpose and direction. Hope has clarity, and the first part of it is your attitude. It's the mindset. It's how you approach it. The first part is the attitude. It's the mindset. It's how you are approaching doing something. I have found in my own life, and I I, I can look back. I'm not proud to share this, but I can look back even a decade ago on issues that I wanted to speak up about at the time. But I had people of influence and power say to me, you might not wanna speak up quite as loudly about some of those things. In fact, that's going to cost you opportunity. That's the big idea. 
That's the idea of Jesus. You're going to, it's going to cost you everything to do something that really matters. Jesus was not making everybody feel comfortable with his life. He's a revolutionary. Now that doesn't mean that everything you believe or everything you speak out on is true. And there's a, there is a big place where we need to listen and learn and walk with wisdom and listen to multiple voices and listen to a, like a, a big council of people. Listen to wise counsel. But you're gonna be called into courage, not comfort. That's where Jesus is going to call you again and again and comfort is the greatest idol. Man, it's, it's the thing that Satan always wants to give us. You can have the world and you can have Jesus too and Jesus says it's not quite like that. It's not quite like that. If you want to do something that really lasts, the power of hope, the clarity of hope is it begins with your mindset. It begins with your attitude. And to that, it's an interesting thing that in 2020, that saying Black Lives Matter could possibly be controversial. Like, just consider that. Like, imagine a world where saying Black Lives Matter is possibly controversial. Like, Black Lives Matter, period. Stop. Like, it's right there. And then the response is often, well, all lives matter. Well, all lives haven't been brought over to this nation in slavery. And all lives haven't had to experience Jim Crow laws. And all lives haven't had to go through mass incarceration. And all lives haven't experienced the brutality that black lives have experienced. And all lives aren't disadvantaged in the same way. And so until we actually start treating black lives like they matter, it's clear all lives do not matter. And I remember sharing this a a few years ago just putting a hashtag on of Black Lives Matter and I would get messages on Facebook, often the private messages, sometimes arguments in the comments, but often private messages. And it was like, what, what, what are we talking about? Oh, well, you're this political ideology or you're this or you're that. You haven't asked any questions about it. I'm not saying this or that. I'm just putting a belief that black lives do matter. I happen to believe that with all of my heart and I want to live that out with all of my life. How's that so controversial? And what I've discovered is that it's the insecurity or the fear that you might lose some of your opportunity or power in the process. And when you embrace what Jesus says, you don't have to worry about that because you were gonna do that in the first place because you can't receive Jesus without giving up everything. I can't receive Jesus without giving up everything. Are you feeling comfortable at this point in the message? Like we're just getting going. I know that I'm already stepping on toes with this when we say you have to give up everything to follow Jesus. But all I'm sharing is what he shared. 
It was in the image of God that he created them. Male and female, he created them. Like that's us, the human race. He created us in the image of God. If you wanna do something, it starts with your attitude, but it moves forward into action. In John chapter 13, if we can turn over there, John chapter 13, there's this moment where Jesus just kind of stuns us with what he does. It says, the evening meal was being served and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray, uh, to betray Jesus. Now Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus, it says, he knew he had come from God and was returning to God. That is essential if you really want to embrace the power of becoming nothing. You have to know where you're coming from and where you're going. And when you know you're going to God, you can embrace becoming nothing in the process. This is what I love about Jesus. See, the challenge that we face when we talk about, you know, things like race, when we talk about any type of bias is this. I want you to have equality, so let me reach down from my position of privilege where I am currently the things I have access to, and let me help you up. I'll give you a hand up. What Jesus does, though, in the model of how he serves and how he goes about his life, going from heaven to earth, emptied himself of every bit of divinity, emptied himself out of all of it, and then he decided at this point to show the disciples the full extent of his love by going and washing their feet, making himself absolutely nothing right before he was crucified. What Jesus does is this. He actually gets down on his knees, And this is where he serves them. This is where he serves. And what you learn from Jesus and what I learned from Jesus in the action is that it's actually when you get down on your knees to serve. Jesus isn't giving a hand up from heaven. Instead, he's leveraging everything he has and all of the power to lower himself under the people, to exalt the other people around him, to lift them up, to serve them, to show them their value, not considering himself better, but instead valuing others above himself, looking up to them, allowing himself to be mistreated, allowing himself to be hurt, that Jesus was in this position to serve. May we never serve and try to create change by reaching down and pulling up. Instead, let us empty ourselves and lower ourselves and even put ourselves in a position that someone might step on our back to get to the next level. But where we do not just re try to hold on to what we have 
so that you can come up to my level. Instead, when you know you have everything, you can leverage it for everyone around you. If you want to do something, become nothing. It's not just your attitude, it's your action. It's not just your attitude, it's your action. It's, I'm stepping in. I'm stepping in to do this thing, to serve you in this way. If you want to do something, become nothing. Action is what we're called to. Action. Step into it. Step into the discomfort. Step into the places that confuse you. You know, uh, over the past, um, the past eight days, I've had the opportunity to go to a couple protests. And that's a new thing in my world. I didn't grow up going to protest, and I didn't do that in, in my life before. And you, what, what I discovered in the process is that how it looks on TV is very different than how it is when you're there with people. What I discovered is there are a lot of peaceful people who just want to experience something different. They want to experience more in life and there's appreciation for just even showing up with action. But it's not just in this moment, it's how we go about our lives. If you're a business leader, that you would use your power and leverage it for those on the margins. If you're in policy, that you would write policy that helps those who are on the margins, that you would lift others up by becoming nothing, even if it means moving out of your seat of power. In fact, that's what it means. That's what it means for us. We're the people of God. That's what we do. And a lot of times, the reason why we don't step into action is because we're afraid. We're afraid that we'll be seen as this or seen as that. And what we have in this, in this culture right now is a dichotomy. Because if I stand with you, if I vote for you, if I speak up about this, then I can't critique what's happening. But in the process, when we don't, we lose our integrity. When something that goes against our Christian values, when we won't allow ourselves to speak out on behalf of those around us, when we won't speak up for the oppressor, when we won't use our power to lift them up, to get down and become nothing, what ends up happening is we lose our witness. And we lose our witness because we're afraid of losing in our lives. But the one who really is getting, I mean, what, what we're doing is we're blocking a pure view of Jesus. When we say, as a follower of Jesus, I can't agree with this any longer. And so I'm going to empty myself and lower myself. Requires action. And the third thing that, that I see, if you want to do something in becoming nothing... Here it is, it's in uh, John chapter 15. John chapter 15, 
there's an attachment that's needed in the process. So Jesus says this in verse three, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Now he says, remain in me or abide in me and I will abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. It must abide in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I mean, this idea of you can't bear fruit and you won't be able to do something that lasts, you won't be able to do what's important, it's huge for us as followers of Jesus. The only way to be about the lasting change and what God has for you is keeping your heart tethered to Jesus. So how's your attachment? Because it's pretty easy to attach to Twitter. And it's pretty easy to, to attach to the news all day long. By the way, just personally, I heard this uh, piece of advice this year. Only take in five minutes of news a day. Everything else is drama and media and everything around it. Get the facts and move from that. I understand right now you might take in a little bit more with everything going on, but how's your heart? Are you positioning your heart and connecting and staying present with Jesus? Are you remaining in Jesus? Are you, is your life staying consistent in Jesus? I found that often when I'm most exhausted and when I'm most overwhelmed is when my heart is not tethered to him. When I'm trying to do things on my own and when I've moved out of his love and when I've moved out of his way and when I'm trying to just uh, make it all happen. And what he invites me to do is to remain in him. What he invites you to do is to remain in him, to abide in him, to be attached to him. There's an attitude and there's an action, but if you don't have the attachment, hope doesn't move forward in your life. So when you focus on something, when you really focus with the mindset of Jesus, you say, we're going after this and I'm going to embrace becoming nothing so that others can experience something. And what that something is, it may be justice, what that something is, maybe salvation, what that something is, embracing that I become nothing allows this to become something, allows you to experience something that God has for you. What happens on the other side is this. I have the attitude, but my action comes along with it. And as my action comes along with it, I gotta make sure that my attachment stays fresh and stays connected to the source of life that there's rivers of living water that are flowing from Jesus that will flow within you, that will keep you fresh for the far journey. We're not just doing something in this moment, we're doing something to be the change. And the clarity of hope comes through attachment. That's where the power goes. That's where the power is. If you try to do this life on your own, you will end up exhausted and overwhelmed and often isolated, angry and confused, cynical and not wanting to do anything else. It'll just crush you. This world is too heavy, it's too hard. That's why we are, it's so important for us to stay attached to Jesus. Because the dark, evil systems of this world and sin itself is wanting to destroy everything that is good in your life. 
And what I love is, along with having the right attitude, having a better attitude, having the mindset of Jesus, and having action that goes with it, and having attachment that comes along, actually believe this, is that there is an answer. When people are looking around, there is an answer. What's going on in our world? You may say, man, you are really oversimplifying things. I actually believe that there is a problem called sin. I don't have to get further than looking in the mirror to understand that there's a problem of sin. And that where sin is, there's selfishness. And where selfishness is, I'm no longer looking out for the people around me. Instead, I'm looking for myself. That's why when you embrace becoming nothing, what you're doing is you're inviting Jesus into that space and trying to, instead of trying to become something on your own. And it allows you to do something that actually matters. When you embrace becoming nothing, it allows you to do something that actually matters matters. The problem is sin. There are dark systems of evil binding up the world, and what Jesus wants us to do is to unravel it, not just in your way, but in your love. (laughs) Not just in how you think, but in your love. As I look around what's happening, there are a lot of people who are stepping up right now and saying, I love you and I'll speak up for you. I care about you. You know, Dr. King is famous for saying, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And Dr. King also said that riot, let me get this quote right because I want to make sure. But he said, riots are the language of the unheard. when we feel oppressed and when we feel overwhelmed, it's easy to just push back and stand against everything. But what I'm saying is if you have power, it's time to use that to leverage it, to love people around you and to lift others up. That's the call, to lift others up. That's what Jesus did, he lifted others up. He gave everything so that we could be lifted up into eternal life. That's what he did. Isn't that amazing? Like if you think about it, there is a God who is for you, who loves you so much that in the problem of sin and in the problem of shame and in the problem of racism and in the problem of dark systems and the problem of everything else, that he sent a savior to take us out of it. He brought a Lord to bring a new kingdom in a new way. Who would say, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, for they will, be comfor- they will be comforted. And there are people who are mourning the condition of the world because they want to see the kingdom of heaven come. And they know that as long as we're trying to hold on to our power and as long as we're trying to hold on to what we have, we're not going to be the revolution of hope that God has called us to be. But when we embrace the power of being nothing, 
then we could do something that lasts. And we know it because we have the ultimate revolutionary who is Jesus, who came and he upended the dark systems of the world. In his death on the cross and in his resurrection, he has triumphed over Satan. It says in 1 John that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And now he has sent you to continue in what he is called and it, to continue in his purposes in that. But Jesus at the cross has ultimately, for all time and eternity, destroyed the works of the devil. And there's a message of hope in there. There's a clarity. Because if you're like me, and I'm guessing if you're human, you're a little bit like me, then you have a struggle with sin. You have a sin problem. And Jesus came for you. He came to save you. He came to give you eternal life. He came to give you a hope and a future. And he came to help you become part of the solution at this time that you would bring heaven to earth. In heaven, there is no racism. In heaven, there is no oppression. In heaven, there is no poverty. In heaven, there is no darkness. In heaven, there is no disease. In heaven, there is nothing that is evil. Instead, there's goodness and love and kindness and blessing. There's abundance, there's joy, there's enjoyment, there's praise, there's life upon life upon life. And that's what he came to give you. I read this a couple days ago, I just wanna share this with you. It's by a songwriter, Joel Houston. And, you know, with everything that's happening in, in our world, I think sometimes there's a question of, what do I do? I got text and calls all week. What do I do? What do I do? I've never been here in this moment before. But I know the God who created time and space. And I know the God who holds the world in his hands. And I know that that God in Jesus embraced becoming nothing. He embraced becoming nothing. And he calls us, the people of God, to do the same. So I read this to you. If you can't breathe, I can't breathe. If you can't run, I can't run. If you can't be, I can't be. If you can't live, I can't live. If you're not free, I'm not free. This much is on me. Until all black lives matter, may mine matter all the less. He had everything 
and became nothing. When you know that you came from God and you know you're going to God, you don't have to worry about becoming something and holding on to everything. Instead, you can give the world away. You can give your life away. Like what might happen? What might happen in your life if you decided to give your life away for love? If you decided to use your power and leverage it for others? Like what might happen in this generation if you decided to take everything that you have and leverage it for the good of those around you? What if you became part of the hopeful revolution? What if you said, I see clarity in hope and I know that there's an attitude and there's an action associated with it. There's an attachment to to Jesus and I believe he's the answer. And because of that, I'm not trying to get everything else in life. What I'm doing is I'm moving to you, Jesus, and I'm running to you and my life is about you. And so because of that, I'm facing the dark systems and I'm speaking up on behalf of those who don't have the advantages that I have, who don't don't have access that, that I have, and I'm going to leverage what I have. I'm going to work on behalf of those. I'm going to be part of the solution. I'm going to be a person of hope in my life because you gave me hope when I had nothing, when I was far from you, when I had nothing in my life. You were good to me. You came for me. You emptied yourself out of heaven when I couldn't do anything to get myself to God. You came for me, and because of that, I'll give up everything so that I can have you, so that I can be a part of what you you're doing in this world. Like what if that is who we decided to be? That's the revolution of hope. There's a clarity that comes in and there's a belief that we just might be the people who change the world because that is what God has called us to at such a time as this. God, I want to ask you that we would be the people of God, that we would get really comfortable on our knees, that we would be nothing, make ourselves nothing so that people could experience everything that you have for them. Forgive us for the times when we've been passive, when you've called us to be active. Forgive us for our silence in the face of evil. Forgive us for not speaking up and not leveraging what we have for the good of others. We want to receive you, Jesus. We want to have your life. We want to walk with you and make our lives about you. And so I ask that you would help us embrace this life. Embrace the life you call us to. Of giving up everything and becoming nothing. So that others around us can experience you and can experience all of the life that you have for them. And in the process, we believe that as we become nothing, we will experience everything that you have for us. So help us be part of your revolution of hope. In Jesus' name, amen.